Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is brought to you by the five day money challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just five days. Save your seat at whitneyhansoncom slash money challenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Who knew how much could change in just one week, right? Like, what the heck? We are in some crazy, crazy times, but more than anything, I wanted to pop on here to let you know that you have control and you have hope and you have you have a choice in all of the craziness. And so I wanted to share with you six things that I think about when it comes to times of uncertainty so that you can start to gain a little bit more certainty in your life and in your next decisions and you feel more confident with what is going on. Like you don't have to like what's going on, but you don't have to let what's going on dictate your entire life, if that makes sense. So this episode is going to be dedicated to helping you calm down, take a deep breath, and understand that these things happen and you can get through anything if you have the right plan. So let's go ahead and dive in. I want to help you. I want to bring you some certainty in times of uncertainness. Also, is uncertainness a word? I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. But regardless, let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, first and foremost, anytime that things feel out of control, whether it's situations like national pandemics or whether it's things like, you know, I just feel like I'm not really happy in my job. I feel like those are, you know, different scenarios, of course, but they come down to the same thing. You have to stay calm and you have to focus on controlling your mind. Now, mind work is everything. You know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any number of years, you know that I'm such a big fan of controlling your mindset because this is where everything stems from. If you have an unmanaged mind, you're going to feel completely out of control. You're going to feel stressed out. You're going to feel anxiety. You're going to feel like the world is ending. And you're going to feel like sometimes it even leads to like feelings of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, that kind of stuff too. So it's really important that we start to manage our minds. And you're probably like, okay, that sounds great, Winnie. How do I specifically do this? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down this formula. Thoughts lead to feelings. 
If feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. That's it. Thoughts create feelings. Feelings lead to your actions. Your actions create your results. And then what triggers your thoughts is usually stuff that's outside of your control. This is stuff like pandemics. This is stuff like job loss. This is stuff like maybe divorce. These are all those things that have already been embedded in your head that are outside of your control. And you hear this and you immediately have a thought about that. That thought ultimately results in your results. So that's why it's so important that you actually do dig into what the heck am I thinking and why am I thinking this? Where does this come from? So here's what I like to personally do. When I'm doing thought work and I'm trying to just observe what am I telling myself day in and day out and what are those thoughts surrounding that specific topic, then what I do is I start with the result. What is the result that I want to have? I think that's the best part for you to start because you can start to visualize what is it that you actually want. And then once you have that that vision in line of what's that result that you want, you can work backwards and say, okay, what are the thoughts that I need to be having to get this result? What are the thoughts that support that result? And I think if you start to work backwards, it's really going to help you because you're going to start to identify what you need to be telling yourself and what you need to be believing so that you take actions that support that result that you want. So let's go through like a, a very specific example on this. Let's say you have always wanted to start your own business. Okay. So your result is that you want to work for yourself. So currently you might be working a nine to five, maybe even like a nine to nine. Let's be real. A lot of us are working a ton of hours. And so you're looking at your life and you're saying, I don't currently have my own business. I don't work this. So therefore I can't be happy. Usually this is the kind of stuff, the thoughts that we tell ourselves. I don't have the result that I want. Therefore I'm unhappy. Or sometimes that narrative is I'm not worthy. I'm not the type of person that can run my own business. It hasn't happened in my life. It's probably never going to happen. So these are all thoughts and those thoughts are leading to the feeling. The feeling is I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. It's feelings of not enough. And then those feelings of not enough are going to lead to your actions. Like you're not going to take actions that prove that you are enough or that you deserve to have your own business if you don't actually believe it, right? So that's why you have to work backwards. So if you your goal is I want to run my own business and you don't truly believe this in your head yet, you literally do not believe this, that it's possible for you. What I want you to do is I want you to look for examples and I want you to model those examples. So what this means is I want you to look through autobiographies or case studies or listen to podcast episodes. Find people that are very similar to you. I find that as you as your mind expands, you don't have to study people that are identical to you anymore or very similar because you can start to connect the dots of here's what I don't know, Bill Gates did. And here's what I personally, Whitney Hansen can learn from Bill Gates. Like you start to connect those dots. But in the very beginning, I don't think it's really that easy. So if you're studying people that look like you, feel like you, like the people that are just very similar, when you hear their story, you're like, God, that's my story too. Then you can start to find what can I do to model that? So when you start to study them and you start to learn about here's the steps they took to get to where they were, this is how they started their own business. When you can do that, you're going to find that it's believable for your brain. It doesn't seem too far-fetched. And that's the whole point of this. We want your brain to say, oh yeah, that could work. I can see that. They did it. They're similar to me. I can do it too. So I think when you're starting to level up your thought work, finding those case studies and just learning from people that are similar to you in the very beginning is a killer way to go. So that's why I mentioned podcasts, audiobooks, uh, even like a physical book. I mean, God forbid we physically pick up a copy of a book weird world we live in, right? But there's so many different options that you can do to find people that are similar to you. Your job is to go find them. 
It's not to let them just like fall into your lap and just say, oh, I can't find anybody. That sucks. Your job is to go seek that stuff out. And then when you start to believe it, you can start to change that narrative in your head. So that's the first thing when it comes to changing your thoughts. The second thing is you have to observe your thoughts. What is the crap that you tell yourself all day long? I've talked about this before. You guys laugh at me all the time, but that's okay. You, you respect it. You laugh, but you, you remember it. And one of the things that I personally do is when I observe my negative thoughts, I name my negative thoughts Agatha. If your name is Agatha and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're an incredible person. I'm just a jerk sometimes, and this is just the name that comes to my negative thoughts. I'm sure you're a very positive person. But if you are an Agatha and you're a negative person, now you see why I named it this. Okay, anyway, total tangent. But I name my negative thoughts Agatha. And anytime I start to have thoughts of like, oh, I can't do this, or this person can do it because XYZ, I can't do it because I'm not in that same situation. They can lose weight because they're in their 20s. I'm in my 30s, so I can't lose weight. My metabolism's slowing down. They could pay off debt because they didn't have a family. I have a family and I can't pay off my debt. Whatever the narrative is that you tell yourself, I need you to get clear on that. And so what I want you to do is just observe those thoughts. When they come up, have a little notebook sitting next to you and make a little tick mark. Every single time you have a negative thought, just make a little tick mark. You don't have to detail out what is the thought, but I just want you to observe it. After you do this for about two to three days of just observing and tick marking, every time you have a negative thought, you see a person, you immediately have a judgment, that's a tick mark. All of this stuff matters because once you get to the point where you can see how many negative things you tell yourself on a daily basis, now you can name it. That's where Agatha comes in. So when I name my negative thoughts Agatha, the next few days of training, what you're doing is you name your own negativity. And then when it comes up, instead of making that tick mark, what I want you to do is I want you to switch that habit and now say, Agatha, shut up. Shut up, Agatha. That's it. That's all you have to do. And what that does is it almost trains your brain to see the silliness in the negativity. When you're calling out your negativity and you're calling it Agatha every single time, like I'll literally say, shut the hell up, Agatha. Like if you have kids around, I'm sorry, but that's what I'll say. And I do this multiple times per day. But what I can promise you is the more you do this, the more you realize how shitty you are to yourself and how crappy you are with the things that you say to yourself. I think it takes that awareness and that almost extreme level of like silliness to really start to break through. So I know it sounds weird and I get that it, you know, whatever, but it works. And that's how you can start to change your thoughts. If you want a better life and you want a managed mind, you have to do this step. This is not something that you can skip. You have to get aware of your thoughts. You have to be aware of the narrative that you're telling yourself day in and day out. And ultimately you have to be in control of that. You have to be able to shift it. So that's like step one of thought work is to get you to the point where you're aware and you are controlling how many times to, per day you're saying negative things to yourself. Now you can't necessarily say, I'm only going to say negative things three times per day. Cause if you have this like ingrained crap in your brain, it's going to take a long time to shift, but this is the best place to start. So start in any time of uncertainty by just managing your mind, find some control with what you can control. And the only thing you can control, let's be real, my friend, is you. You are the only person that you can control. You can't control your kids. You definitely can't control your spouse. You can't control the president. You can't control the economy. You can't control hospitals. You can't control your debt collectors. You cannot control any of that, but you can control the way you respond to those things. That's the important piece of any good financial plan is taking extreme ownership and recognizing what your role is in your life and that you are powerful. You have so much power if you're willing to lean into it and you're willing to manage your mind and own it. 
I promise it sounds like a very weird thing, especially when there's a lot of uncertainty, but this is the single greatest thing you can do for yourself to find some level of control and happiness in your day to day. Okay, so once you start implementing the steps for controlling your mind, the next thing that I want you to do to get a little bit more certainty is create a budget. You guys know I'm a big fan of budgeting. I have, I mean, literally, I've talked to over 200 people. I don't even know how many episodes we have. We have a lot, but I've talked to over 200 people and almost, I would say at least 90% of them have said that budgets are critical for their financial success. So if we hear this and we know it's so important, but you're not doing it, I'm speaking to you. This is your time to step up in your financial life and really take ownership of this. It's so important that you have a budget that you're living your life with and you're telling your money how you want it to behave. And ideally it's in line with your values and your goals. And it's in line with you as a person. But what I find is most people spend haphazardly and it doesn't reflect who they are as a person. Sometimes you're spending money on, I don't know, excessive amounts of alcohol and you actually don't even enjoy drinking that much. That's a problem. Or if you say you value health so much, but you're constantly going out to eat, that's also a value conflict. You have to figure out, am I spending in line with things that are truly important to me? And the budget, I think, is the best way to do that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to WhitneyHanson.com slash how to budget, and I want you to go through each of these steps in detail. Okay, I break down exactly what to do to create a budget. There's even a free budget template on there. So that's where if you're really confused and you're really unsure about how does this actually work, that's what you can do. Okay, so we're not going to get into details of budgeting because I think, I mean, I've got a blog post out there. I've got plenty of episodes that will teach you how. But the part that I do want to make a little nuanced right now is in times of uncertainty, here's what you need to do. You need to create a best case scenario, a mid case scenario, and a worst case scenario budget. Okay. I want three separate budgets. And what this is going to do is this is going to ease your mind. First and foremost, when you have to think through what's the best case scenario, best case scenario is I get an income increase. I'm sitting probably where I am today. I wouldn't change it too much. I'd say your best case is that you're sitting exactly where you are right now. And then that mid case scenario is what if my income goes down $500 to $1,000 per month? What would I do? What if my spouse got laid off? What would I do? And then the worst case scenario is like shit really hit the fan and now you're trying to scrap it together. How am I going to survive? I want you to create a budget for that too. The reason why I want you to do the best mid and worst case scenario budgets is because it gets you thinking, what would I actually do? What is truly important to me? What am I willing to give up? So I can tell you for certainty for myself, my best case scenario budget, I still, I live on about oh man, 60 to 70% of my income. The rest of it, I just put into savings for other projects or, or investments. And so I'm constantly living way below my means. So my best case scenario is exactly where I'm at. I'm pretty happy with it. My mid case scenario is, okay, well, what if all of this craziness affects my income? What if I don't make as much money during this time and my income drops by $1,000 per month? How can I swing this? Now, I know I can still swing this because... I can technically live on some of the money that I had put aside. So instead of living on 60% of my income, maybe I'm actually living on 80% and putting less into savings. That's a total option for me. And I'm very okay with that. Now, my worst case scenario is I don't make any money for a set period of time. What the heck do I cut out? 
and I'm very prepared. Like, so for one thing, I don't have any attachment to physical things. I seriously don't. I've worked very, very hard on not being attached to my material items. And so one of the things that I don't care about is I don't care about cars. My car's super old. So I don't have to worry about like selling a car to free up some cash flow. I'm okay with that. But if I were in a bad situation, I would. I would sell my car in a second and buy a beater car if that meant me surviving or me having to foreclose on my house or not pay my bills. Like this is just me personally. So now that's one thing I'm willing to give up. The other thing I'm willing to give up is I'm willing to give up eating out. I do not have to eat out. When I paid off my debt, I did not eat out once during that time. I can do it again. There's no life requirement that says we have to eat out. Like this is strictly optional. And so I can definitely do that. Now, the next piece is I have my list of my expenses and I can say, what am I willing to cut? Now, Thankfully, my expenses are pretty dang bare bones. Like I don't have a lot of frivolous stuff, but I do have something in there that's called FabFitFun. So I subscribe to a quarterly box where it's like they send you fun stuff. I'm very prepared to cut that out. The next thing is I'd look at my business expenses and say, what are truly essential here? Is there any software that I'm using that I think I don't use as often or I say is helpful, but I'm not actually using it enough to justify keeping it around? I would cut all of those things out. So I literally have a list of here's exactly what I would do. Here's my my plan C in case something bad happens. This is the budget to go to. And I think the importance of that is when you don't know what life will throw your way, it gives you the ability to look at some data that you set for yourself to say, this is what I'm willing to do to better my financial situation in the event of job loss, in the event of getting into a car accident and not being able to work for a while, a period of time. You can start to just really say, this is exactly what my plan is. And so I think that's super important. So definitely create a budget. Go to WhitneyHanson.com slash how to budget to learn exactly how, and then go through and create your best mid and worst case scenario budget so that you are prepared. And if something bad happens, my friend, you can go to that budget and you have your game plan. Okay. So that's the second piece to getting some certainty is creating a budget around your money. Okay. Now the third thing that you can do for yourself in times of uncertainty is to ruthlessly prioritize building up your emergency fund. I know I've been, I've been like a broken record. I actually looked through emails. I sent an email two years ago in 2018 talking about the importance of preparing for recessions. I am constantly thinking about what happens if the market goes down. What's going to, what is that going to do? I bought my house, my first house when I was 19 in the middle of a recession because I was ready because I had cash and I was ready to make a move. And I always think about that. I'm like, this is where this is where, you know, they say this, as the tides roll out, that's who you can see swimming naked. I believe that. I really do. We've had such a great economy that it's a matter of time before it started to tank. And so I've, I've known that. I've known that for years. I've been telling you guys this for years too, trying to get you to like really prioritize savings because it's so important. So build up your emergency fund ruthlessly. What I would love to see every single one of you listening, if you don't have this currently, I would love for you to build up a one month emergency fund one solid month of expenses. Okay. So I want you to look at your budget, probably do like that best or mid case scenario budget that look at those, those numbers. And I want you to go and save up that much money. Now, why this is so important is because we don't know when life is going to kick. Could you have predicted this like a month ago? I don't know if you could send me an email, but there's no way There's no way we would have predicted how much all of this pandemic stuff would have affected us. There's no freaking way. So because of that, it's not our job to predict these things. It's our job to prepare for these things. 
And so when you have money in the bank, it's going to give you a little bit more peace of mind. It's going to give you some certainty in times of uncertainness. <laughs> We're going with that word. I don't care if it's a word or not. It is now. Trademark. So that's why it's so critical that you do this. So what I want you to do is I want you to look through all of your expenses and I want you to say, what can I cut? Like, what can I truly cut to help me get this one month emergency fund immediately? Is there extra hours I can pick up at work? Can I get a part-time job working for Amazon Flex? Like, what can you do to start to boost this up and prioritize this? I also think that when you're building up your emergency fund, it's important to push pause on paying down debt. If you don't have your one month emergency fund temporarily, I mean like literally temporarily push pause on paying down debt to boost up your emergency savings. Now where to keep your emergency savings, not underneath your mattress. I get that even in times of like uncertainty, the first thing people want to do is pull out cash and have that cash on hand. Don't do that. Do not do that because that's actually not going to help you. We're not having a global collapse. Like we're going to be fine. Remember, manage your mind. Start to manage your expectations. This is not going to take everybody down, but it might hurt a little bit. And so you don't need to pull out all of your money in cash because if you're doing that, your money's actually going down in value even more. So inflation's going on and it, it's just your money is starting to lose value every single day. So that's why it's so important that you keep it in a high yield interest savings account. So my per, my personal one, I have my emergency fund through Ally Bank. That's just who I go through. There's lots of great options out there, local credit unions, Sometimes they have really great promo offers. So check around and figure out where do I want to keep my emergency fund so that it's safe and it's accessible. That is the top priority. So build up that emergency fund like it is your full-time focus right now because it should be. We need some certainty in your cash flow to make sure that if something happens and if job losses happen, you're covered. You're not going to be in a bad situation for longer than a month. I mean, you've got a month to get your crap together if that's the case. So I want you to have that certainty and that peace of mind, especially right now. Oh, side note, I should mention, if you really are looking for ways to save more money, the best app that I personally have found to save more money is called Capital, Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. And in fact, right now they're having a promo for $20. Like you get $20, I get $20. We both get $20, so we're both winning. If you use this affiliate link, it's WhitneyHanson.com slash Capital, Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. I find this app to be so beneficial because it allows you to gamify your savings. It makes it really fun. You can tie it into like your fitness goals of, I walked 10,000 steps today, so I'm going to reward myself with $10. You can do all kinds of fun things. The rules that I personally like are the roundup rule where it rounds up to the nearest dollar and then saves the difference, the change. So it'll save that towards your goals. And then the other rule that I love is the 52-week savings challenge, where week one, you save a dollar, week two, $2, week three, $3. And it's all done automatically. So you don't even have to worry about it. I have definitely convinced a lot of people to use this app and they love it. I've never had anybody tell me they don't enjoy it. It is so, so good. When I started testing it about two and a half years ago, I was able to save over $4,000 completely mindlessly. Like I did not even, $4,000 is a lot of money. I didn't think that I could even do that, but I was able to. And I know that you can save a lot too if you use the app. And of course you get $20 for free 99. What's better than that? So head over to WhitneyHanson.com slash capital and get your free $20, my friend. Start saving and prioritizing. Okay, so if you do have that emergency fund in place and you are officially like good to go, you're feeling like you're okay, job security is not an issue for you, then you're probably okay to move on to the next step, which is starting to pay down your debt. 
Now, this is where you can keep that same tenacity that you had with building up your emergency fund directly towards your debt. And if you can start to make some progress towards your debt and just paying it off, what you're doing is you're giving yourself peace of mind by having fewer bills to worry about. You're simplifying your entire financial life and you're also freeing up your cash flow. That's the cool thing too. When you don't have bills to pay, debt and obligations like that, you have more cash flow in your pocket. Like you're just going to be okay. And so that's why it's so important to pay down your debt. Now, which method you use, whether it's debt snowball, where you pay off the smallest balance first or debt avalanche, where you pay off the highest balance first, doesn't really matter. It seriously doesn't. As long as you are focusing in on one debt at a time, paying the minimum payments on all of your debt, and then snowballing that payment. So when you pay off that first debt, you roll it over that same minimum payment to the next debt. And you just keep that cycle going. If you are snowballing, snowballing it from that perspective, it doesn't matter if you do the debt snowball or the debt avalanche. Either one is fine. It's the one that you stick with that matters most. So don't get too nerdy with this stuff. The fact that you're paying off debt is good enough, but choose one of those two strategies and then go all in on that strategy. And of course, keep in mind, depending on the type of debt, if it's a car loan or a house loan that you're trying to pay off, then always, always, anytime you're making an extra payment, make sure you specify that that extra payment is going towards the principal only, the balance that you borrowed, not towards interest. Don't prepay your payments. I don't want you to do that because what you're doing is just basically prepaying interest. That's not the right direction. If you have the extra money, put it towards principal only if it's that type of debt. If it's a credit card, you don't have the option. With credit cards, you just have to pay an extra payment and it goes directly towards the balance. But for debt that's amortized, like a house, house or a car loan. That's the best strategy to paying it off is just paying a little extra towards principal only when you can and staying very focused on your overall game plan. Which debt are you tackling first? Highest interest rate, smallest balance, doesn't matter. Choose one, go all in. Okay, now the fifth thing to think about is how do you diversify your income streams? Any good financial plan, any good of, I, I really do believe this, actually. Any good financial plan should incorporate multiple streams of income because this is so important. Just because you have a full-time job does not mean that you are safe. That's one income stream. That one income stream can go away at any point. Realistically, it can. We've seen this happen before. Even government employees that were in what we would deem the most stable jobs during the government furlough lost some income. Like It does not matter how stable you think your job is. If you're relying on one income stream, you're putting yourself at risk. So here's what you could consider. You might consider some freelancing work, or maybe you're doing some writing on the side, or maybe you've got a spare room in your bed, in your house that you could rent out. Or maybe you're doing some Uber Eats, like whatever it is. Maybe you started online business. There's so many different options for diversifying your income streams. It's really overwhelming. The average millionaire has seven different income streams, seven. Now, keep in mind, they didn't start off with seven right off the bat. Like this is not something that they did. They had to work up to that. But I think it's so important to see that you should not be relying on only one income source. Now, I believe that same thing is true for your investments. If all of your investments, if your stock market investments is the only way that you're relying on retirement, I think that's a big flaw as well. I think you should always be looking for how do I diversify my income streams and how do I reduce the risk that I personally have? 
So let me give you some context into what income streams that I personally have. So I have my business. That's one income stream. Within my business, there's multiple streams of income as well. So I don't make all of my money from coaching. I make some of my money from coaching, some from courses, some from freelancing, a lot from speaking, and of course, some from like sponsorships for the podcast. Like This is how I make money in my business. So it's not all one income stream. In addition to that, in my, my normal life, I have my investments, which pay me dividends and um, growth over time, ideally, <laughs> not right now, but in, they're going to go back up. So I feel very comfortable with that. I also am an adjunct professor. That's another income stream. It's not something that I have to do. It's something I choose to do and I enjoy. So it's another form of income. I have an Etsy shop. This is definitely more of a hobby business, but that's another small stream of income that comes in, it pays like basically my gym membership. And then, of course, you have rental income. So this is like anything I can do to rent out my house. For a while, I was renting out a room to my little brother. So it's like I'm always looking for ways to make more money and to add in different income streams. So I'm not all relying on one specific piece. And I want you to look at your life and figure out how can you do that too? What are some ways that you could do this stuff? Is it a side hustle? Maybe you start flipping furniture like I did. Maybe it's uh, reaching out and doing some copyright work for people where you are a phenomenal writer. Maybe it's virtual assistant work. Maybe you're babysitting. Like, I don't care what the heck it is. We need to get you diverse income streams so that you can start to really build your wealth and not be reliant on one specific income source. Okay. And last, but definitely not least, the sixth thing to think about, that was hard for me to say, is building your network. Your network is your net worth. I really do believe that. I think if you know a lot of people, it actually, it's not even that. It's how many people know you. I think that's the important piece. So if you start to build your network and you prioritize relationships first, you're going to go really, really far. What I find is that most of the really sweet jobs, most of the really cool opportunities are not marketed on the normal market. They're not on Indeed.com or Monster.com. Like That's just not where they are. They are being filled with really high quality people from those hiring managers' connections. That's how this stuff works. It's who knows you. So that is why, even if you're an introvert, I think this is so critical, you start to ruthlessly prioritize, how do I meet people? How do I get to know people? Now, the cool thing is in today's world, there's lots of different ways. It doesn't always have to be, I have to go get coffee and sit through meetings that sometimes are a giant waste of your time. I get that. I've done that before too. But I think you can start to build up relationships with people in your local community. One of the easiest ways to do this is to just go on. So for here in Boise, we have a hashtag called Boise Blogger. And I will make it part of my normal routine to just connect with other entrepreneurs in my community. It's so, so important for you to start to just reach out to people and get to know people. You don't know when you're going to need those, those connections. You might never. It might just be you make some cool friends. But what I find more than anything is it's when you start to make those connections and there's a really cool job opportunity, they're going to reach out to people that they know. And if they know that you would be a great fit for the job because they've actually took the time to understand what you care about, what you don't like what types of roles you're looking for. That is how you start to get beautiful things happening in your life. I think it's so critical to build your network. This is number one priority for all of my college students when, I, when I'm teaching personal finance. This is the thing I tell them all the time. Go out there and meet people. Do job, basically like informational interviews where you reach out to a job that you think would be really cool and you take a tour just to learn about the company. 
huge, huge thing because it gets your foot in the door and it lets you see, do you actually enjoy working for companies like that? Is the culture a good fit for you? All of this stuff is things that do take time, but I don't think you can half-ass your success in your financial life and especially in your career. You have to go all in and you have to do the things that people aren't willing to do if you want the jobs that pay better than average. I, I really do believe it's important. So definitely build your network and go out there and prioritize meeting and connecting with other people and see how can you help them and how can they help you. That's the best place to go, but always come from a place of serving first. The other way to meet people is through networking events and conferences. This is one of the fastest ways I've built my personal finance network was by going to FinCon. I'm such a fan of FinCon. I owe so much of my business and my life to that conference because it's so impactful. So PT, thank you so much for building this. It's incredible. But that's where you're going to go to meet other people. When I started to go to FinCon, my income shut up. I don't find that to be a coincidence. It's because I started to connect with the right people, get the right set of eyes on my content, and just build that little web. It's so important for you to do the same thing. Go to conferences, go to networking events, make that part of your, your system where once a month you just go to networking events and you talk about, hey, I'm a real estate agent in this city, I don't know, Columbus, Ohio, and here's what I do. The more you can be involved in your community, the better off you're going to be from a career standpoint. And look at us go. I thought this was going to be like a 15-minute episode, and here we are 30 minutes later. So anyway, long-winded way to say that the best thing you can do for your financial life to get certainty in times of uncertainness, <laughs> certainty in times of uncertainty, is to first and foremost calm your mind and focus on controlling your mind. Second thing, budget. Third, build up your emergency fund. Prioritize that big time. Fourth thing, pay down your debt. Fifth, diversify your income streams. And sixth thing is to build your network. I hope you enjoyed this. And more importantly, I hope that you take action on this. We are going into some weird times and I want you and your family to be covered. So please, please, please prioritize these steps and make sure that you are not skipping these. It's so critical for your financial life and for your family life. So please do not skip this. Send me an email. Let me know how it goes. I'm Whitney at WhitneyHanson.com. And if you just want to chat because you're a little bit scared or unsure about what's going on, seriously, reach out to me. I'm here to serve you. I want you to find some peace during all of the craziness, and I want you to thrive during the craziness. So please reach out to me if you need any help. Don't be shy. If you are a little shy to reach directly out, go in, manage your money like a boss post a question, you will be surrounded by people that love you and care about you and want you to do well with your financial life too. So you're going to get lots of different perspectives in manage your money like a boss. All right. If you've enjoyed this episode, do me the biggest favor and share it with somebody that you think could really use this information right now. That's the greatest thing you can do for this podcast. And it helps me get in front of so many more people so that we can all thrive during uncertainty. That's the whole goal of this. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I hope you're having a great week. And I will chat with you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.